guys, welcome to episode 41 of The Smush Room, the podcast that deep dives into well-known and more importantly not so well-known hookups of your favorite reality TV stars. I'm your host, Troy McKeady, and um, I'm doing something experimental today. I'm going to be honest, this is an, an experimental um, thought that I had earlier to like record this episode. I was like, you know what? I've never done this, especially on my own. I'm doing a part two to an episode that I just did. So I hope that it's not exhausting. <laughs> um, I hope that you're still, like, riding that Pam wave that I'm riding right now. Like, I, I just can't stop with Pam Anderson content. I can't stop reading it. I can't stop looking at photos. I can't stop watching old interviews. I mean, like, I'm hooked. I'm in. I'm locked and loaded. I'm, like, ready to go. And, you know, I, I, I just recorded a Pam Anderson and Tommy Lee episode, which was, like, really fun to research. Lots of crazy shit happening. And, you know, as I was reading about Pam's life, I started to realize that, like, you know, first of all, I have this weird thing in my head with this podcast where, like, it's like, I need to, like, remind myself that these people's lives, like, there are so, there's so much more to these people's lives than, like, one year. And it is okay to go back and revisit people. It's not a bad thing. And, like, some people just deserve more than one episode. Like, some people's stories are just way too fucking juicy for one episode. It's just, like, Pam Anderson is, like, there's so much more to be said than the fact that she, like, dated some, like, heroin addict drummer from a band and had children with him for a year you know what i mean there's so much more about her life to be said um and same for tommy lee like crazy interesting life and they're just deserving of more than one little like and that's all folks tied up with a ribbon and thrown out you know what i mean like i am guilty of having swept pam up with a dustpan and like tossing her in the same trash can that brigitte nielsen is in and i can tell you something the one thing I do know for sure is that Pam Anderson does not deserve to be in the same trash, the same trash bucket as Brigitte Nielsen. Like, there's more to this woman's life than Brigitte Nielsen. I'm sorry. And, like, uh, Ryan Cabrera. Like, you know what I mean? This is a woman who, like, truly probably deserves her own podcast. I'm still not even doing her justice, but, you know, a part two just felt necessary. Um, this week, I wanted to talk about. Pam Anderson and Rick Solomon, because there was a lot of smush room records broken with this relationship. Uh, they actually cited something in court that was not irreconcilable differences, which is fun. It's always fun to switch things up, you know? Uh, <laughs> and these two have been married and divorced a total of three times. Uh, each time more dramatic than the last. I mean, they really just went for it as far as messiness. And, you know, Rick was like the fourth in line of this problematic decade in Pam's early 2000s dating life where she just kept dating emotionally broken men over and over and over, back to back to back. Like, just damaged man after damaged man after damaged man, abusive man after abusive man constantly like it just continued to go on for like over 10 years and um you know I feel like she dated these like weird men not only with rage issues but like what you would imagine like 
a, the kind of guy that would have like a very weird sort of idea of like what his girlfriend is supposed to be and like what to expect from her. You know what I mean? Like when I think of Kid Rock, like I think of like an abusive husband. Like when I think of being married to Kid Rock, I think of somebody coming home and like you know opening the fridge and making sure that there's like a six pack of Coors Light in it, and if not, then it's like you know your like face to the back of his hand. Like that's the kind of man that I ma- imagine him to be. You know, or like, I don't know if you've ever seen Tu Wong Fu, but like, if there's too much spices in the sauce, there's too much spices in the food, like, that's your ass tonight. Like, that's what I picture Kid Rock to be. And like, that seems to be the kind of man Pam Pam Anderson caters to. Like, Pam strikes me as the kind of gal who, like, if you're not the kind of man that, like, will, like, tell her what to do, boss her around... And, like, give her, like, boundaries and rules and things that she, need, like, will feel the need to, like, rebel against. Then she will literally just take your balls and, like, close them up in her clutch and continue on with her day. She needs, like, she thinks that she needs, like, this, like, controlling, mentally debilitating man to, like, keep her on her toes or something. And it's, first of all, that's sad. And secondly... It's, like, proven in her dating history. Um, first, after she dated Tommy Lee, she she dated Marcus uh, Schechenberg, who, like, I don't know if you're familiar with Marcus, Marcus Schechenberg. Uh, he's a Swedish Calvin Klein model, but, like, he's very famous for being the inspiration for uh, Smith in Sex and the City, Samantha Jones' boyfriend, the underwear model. Um, his life was, like, sort of... Uh, not even really loosely based. I mean, it was, like, pretty just spot on. Like, his life was based on Smith Jared, the underwear model. Um, And that was fine, you know? (laughs) That was fine for Pam, but it didn't last very long. And then after Tommy Lee, you know, came the hillbilly, homophobic, racist Kid Rock, who constantly sounds like a character from king of the hill at all times just like a sick fuck um and that was a whole fucking thing and you know obviously you know we've talked about rick solomon on this podcast before you know if you uh, are a smush room completist which i appreciate and i applaud you for i'm very proud of you uh then you would know that rick solomon is a polka player as joan rivers would say a polka player um and you know he's won an obscene amount of money the man in different periods of his life has been worth millions upon millions upon millions of pounds. Uh, this is a a man who's, I mean, his entire career was based around poker. And um, I feel like Rick Solomon's life at a certain point was almost like, I don't know, the inspiration for like, do you remember Dan Bilzerian or whatever? that fucking straight, uh, like, the straight epitome of, like, masculinity, of, like, just fragile masculinity that, like, straight men got that weird boner for for, like, a hot minute on Instagram. Like, do people still follow Dan Bilzeran? Is he still, like, a thing? The guy that, like, kicked a porn star off a roof or something and broke her legs? Um, sorry, my nose is, like, really stuffy right now. Um... But yeah, like he, I almost feel like Rick Solomon 
like I feel like Dan Bilzerman was like a parody of Rick Solomon's like actual behind the scenes secret life. His secret shady life where he owns like machine guns and has probably killed people. You know what I mean? He's got bodies buried somewhere in the desert in Vegas. Like Rick Solomon has definitely been there for like a body burial. Do you know what I mean? Like Rick Solomon is the guy that's been there for like a murder and was shaken by it and told by like an Al Pacino type to like shut the fuck up and stop crying. Rick Solomon is also the guy that I imagine to have pissed himself at like some sort of mob thing. Like I just fear I, I feel like in Vegas, Rick Solomon has gotten himself into some real sticky situations, if you know what I'm saying, that involve shovels and rural locations. You feel me? Um I mean a man who wins millions and millions and millions of dollars playing polka in Vegas gets himself into some shit. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Um, but neither here nor there. It's barely in any of my business, but I'm making it my business for the next hour. Uh, like I said, Pam and Rick have been married and divorced a total of three times. So we're just going to get right into it and sort of pick up at this point in Pam's life. Not really so far after she divorced Tommy. And I, I, I would advise you go back and listen to the previous episode if you haven't. Um, if Pam Anderson isn't your thing, then these, these, these past couple weeks maybe have not been enjoyable for you, but... If Pam Anderson isn't your thing, then you need to grab your boots and your coat and you need to go. I prefer you leave my house. I don't find, I, I don't even like being, I don't feel safe around you. I would prefer you pick up your things. I've, I've welcomed you into my home and I would prefer that you pick up your things and just simply go. Let's not make it awkward. Okay. We'll stay in touch via mail and that's it. I'd rather you just leave now. I, I don't want to continue a relationship with you because what are you doing here? That's a betrayal. So I take back my apologies. Um, so where we left off, Pam was divorcing Tommy Lee um, and seeking full custody of her children in court because he had become, um, what do you know, abusive after she started dating Kid Rock. And I mentioned in the last episode that he would send their kids home and, like, tell them to taunt her and call her a freak instead of mom. Um, he would force them to watch these, like, 9-11 conspiracy theory videos, which is honestly so fucking dark. Like, to introduce, like, your late teenage, maybe close to, like, 20-year-old kid to the Illuminati is, like, one thing. But to sit your seven-year-old down and be like, look, son, everything you think you know about the world could be, could possibly be flipped on its head. There may be this entire society of people who control your everyday thoughts. Like, that is, that is literally, to send your seven-year-old on a YouTube Illuminati fucking rabbit hole is so dark. Like, could you at least wait a few years to teach your fucking kids about MK Ultra, Tommy? You know what I mean? Like, is seven appropriate to teach your kids about government conspiracies? I think not. I think that a healthy conspiracy, because I, first of all, consider myself to be a very healthy thinking, quick-witted conspiracy theorist. Now look, can we talk? I, you know, am the kind, I'm like of the generation of people who grew up discovering conspiracy theories at like an appropriate age. Like, I remember being in, like, element, well, elementary school may be a very dramatic thing to start this conversation off with, but, like, I remember being in, like, middle school and, uh, you know, 
being told about like rotten.com and finding out that there's like this other side to the internet that's like more than you know going to candystand.com and playing like like video games that are sponsored by candy brands do you know what i mean like there's more to the internet than like number number munchers in oregon trail there's like this whole other thing happening so like i remember that happening and i remember when youtube came out and like you know that was when everybody kind of started their like weird conspiracy theorist like journey like everybody had their youtube journey and that's normal but like you need to learn the basic fundamentals and like the basis of like whatever matrix it is that we live in whether it's true or false whether we are just fucking sims by the way i've been watching black mirror can we talk i've never seen black mirror in my entire life and it's been a very dark very very like empty feeling for me you guys i started black mirror holy mother of christ almighty i'm saved i'm finally saved my soul is cleansed i am i finally understand what it feels like to be a a good christian finally i didn't know that i had been walking around here with a dirty soul i'm clean y'all i feel like pam after she cured her hepatitis i'm clean i finally fucking watched black mirror oh oh my god i'm all over the place but i'm just saying like that feels really good but anyways that's how i view the world right now it's like a fucking black mirror episode like everything freaks me out and like i feel like you need to be a healthy-minded person like you need to like know the basic fundamentals of like how this world works before you can comfortably compare and contrast the dark part of the world that may or may not be there or may or may not be true like, you shouldn't be introducing your kids to fucking Illuminati when they're seven. Also, by the way, your mom may be a, a fucking MK Ultra Sex beta kitten. So, you know what I mean? <laughs> Their mom is already a fucking, you know, beta sex kitten. Leopard kitten. So, cut the kids a break. They've already got a, They've got enough to deal with for their future. Give them a break. Um... So Pam and Kid Rock started dating after they met at a VH1 Diva salute to Aretha Franklin in 2001, which, like, I love that for them. Um, I hope that it was the one where, where Aretha whipped her wig off because she caught the Holy Ghost. I hope that that's what brought them together. And at the very beginning, Pam and Kid Rock had this, like, sort of seemingly perfectly imperfect relationship where, you know, when I think when we all heard that they were dating, it was like, okay took you a minute you know what i mean it it, it hit the palate hard it's like something that you taste and like you've never had like the taste or the sensation in your mouth and you need to like allow your palate to like adjust to what it is and once it adjusts you're like the flavors make complete sense it's a it's a flavor profile that i'm not used to but it makes complete sense they marry well that's kid rock and pam anderson it's a flavor profile that hits your tongue with aggressiveness and vengeance but like in the end, just makes sense. Um, a year later, Kid Rock proposed outside of a Vegas nightclub in the middle of the night in the desert. And um, this is super dark, but like pretty immediately after it was announced that they were engaged, like all of these news reports started coming out about Pam's hepatitis and like whether she was going to give it to Kid Rock, which is so sad and gross. Um, it became this big focal point. And Pam had basically just announced to the public that she had hepatitis. So people wanted to know from Kid Rock, like, what was going on. And uh, KTLA Morning News asked, uh, they asked, by the way, I don't know if you've listened to last week. They asked, 
Kid Rock about it after the engagement was announced, and he said, I was with her last night, and she didn't really release that statement to me or say anything about it. She's fine. There's so much going on in the situation she's in that I really don't want to talk about it. I think a lot of people try and say things that are just very hurtful and mean. And um, I don't know if you guys will be able to guess how this relationship ended. I don't think you will. Because there's no context clues or anything that would allude to Pam's relationship sort of formula. Um, There's nothing really, there's no clues or anything that would lead you to believe that you would know how it would end. But I'll tell you, it ended um, dysfunctionally. Sit down. I know. It's, uh, I know. It's shocking. Uh, There's a bit of folklore surrounding Kid Rock and Pam's split. Uh, there's an alleged story that, well, there's two alleged stories. There's kids, I'm calling him kid now because he's like my friend. There's kid's story and then there's Pam's story and they're both alleged. I'm going to be honest though. Kid's story is starting to sound a little, it's got some meat, okay? Now, of course, I believe Pam, of course, always, duh. But I also, now look, this is, I, I'm going to be honest with you. As much as I love Pam Anderson, I'm friends with enough emotionally broken psycho women, and I was raised by emotionally broken psycho women, and I basically am an emotionally broken psycho woman in my heart. Let's be honest, the body is a show. I know a crazy gal when I see one, you know what I mean? I'm drawn to crazy women. Like, I'm, it's a bloodthirst. Like, when I get the taste of the, like, the blood of a crazy woman... Do you remember in True Blood when they would drink, like, vamp blood and it would literally make them high and they would, like, all of a sudden see really clearly and have, like, visions? That's me when I share a drink with a girl that's, like, unstable. Like, the minute her spit touches my lips, because it would never happen sexually, it's literally as if I'm I'm walking on sunshine. I'm that girl from fucking Intervention that, like, huffs. Like, I think that I'm in, like, a dream world, like, bouncing on clouds, but I'm actually bouncing on, like, dirty clothes in my, and, like, piles in my room. I know a crazy woman. I know that Pam is a crazy woman. And that's fine. And I don't even really like calling anybody crazy. Like, to be honest. that's It's 2018. We're all woke now. I don't really even love using that term to describe, like, how a person is. But you know what I mean. Like, I believe Pam. But I also know that a woman who has this sort of dating history and the life that Pam has had, some ain't right. You feel me? <laughs> there's something going on beneath the surface that we don't get to see every day. And these men get a bird's eye view of what's happening. You know, when you see Pam Anderson and you see her sit down in an interview and she's like cool, calm and collected and she's very well-spoken and she's soft voice and she's got a cute mom bob and she's wearing a Victoria Beckham dress with like a cute pump and she's respectable and she's got a good, you know, like, soft beat on her face, and she's just, she's a soft hand. Like, that's a very specific woman. And then there's this other Pam. There's the Pam that you've seen getting married to Kid Rock on a boat with, like, a white bikini. And there's the Pam that you know to have, like, wild, curly, sort of dirty hair that's, that's like, all over the place with smeared makeup and thin eyebrows and... And, and bedroom eyes because she's inebriated and a hard nipple and like you know what I mean like there's this other Pam that like gets out of cars 
and looks like whatever happened in that car was something that could have been an entire season of a reality show. Like, she either just got her brains fucked out or she, like, did some crazy drug or got in a fight that was, like, Whitney and Bobby level. Like, there's this other side to Pam, you know what I mean, that we all know is there. And I think that's, like, what's so alluring about her that, like, she's kind of a mess and, like, unapologetic about it. So these men get this, like, bird's eye view of that Pam, which I'm jealous of. But anyway... Both of these stories are rooted in, like, ego and the need to, like, win in the press. Which, you know, to me, by the way, is, like, more factual than anything. Like, anything that's, like, alleged, as we've talked about, if you've listened to this podcast for a long time, you know that, like, alleged facts for me are, like, Bible scripture. Like, (laughs) we call that scripture on these parts. Like, that's our religion. Like, I've yet to read anything in, like, a science book or, like, a a school textbook that comes close to um, a source at a a nightclub. Sorry. Um, So Pam's side of the story goes as follows. After four months of marriage, Pam filed for divorce, and she released this statement basically saying that Kid Rock... This is insane, you guys. That Kid Rock was furious with her over an appearance that she had in the movie Borat. She claimed that, um, by the way, that's, this is not a fun house. Like this is the real, this is the real world. You're still here. (laughs) You're still a part of the real world. Sorry about it. This is really, this is not a joke. This is not a dream. You literally have to wake up and go to work tomorrow. You're probably at work now. This is the real world. You're not dreaming. Pamela Anderson claims that she, and Kid Rock divorced because of Borat. Um, now, like, as you know, Borat and all of Sasha Baron Cohen's, like, characters, you know, the people in those movies are, like, for the most part, in on the joke, unless it's somebody who specifically is, like, made to be the fool or, like, the butt of the joke, some, like, ignorant person or a racist or a homophobe or, you know, some politician. Like, it's to, like, turn the joke around on that person and make them look stupid right so pam was like in on it she loves his movies she loves his work genuinely wanted to be a part of the project like loved the script like she was excited she wanted to be a character in this movie she played herself if you've seen the movie and you know the whole point of is like borat like falls in love with her from seeing a picture or a, a clip of her on baywatch and travels across the world to get to her and like you know she was in on it and like I guess, now, by the way, this is still alleged. This is what Pam claims. I don't, Pam, I love you, and I, I tell you're listening. I'll text you when this is over. But, like, you know, I don't know if I believe your story, Pam. Okay? I love you. We'll talk about it over wine. I don't, I don't, I, you know, I don't fully believe that you guys divorced just because of, like, Borat or whatever, but I love you. Um, so after seeing a screening of the movie, Kid Rock apparently had this very big public freak out, which I do also believe. I believe that he was probably upset about the movie, but I don't think it's why they got divorced. Come on. Um, and a source told the Daily Mail, it was the first time Bob, by the way, that's Kid Rock's real name, had seen the movie, and, well, he didn't like it. Bob started screaming at Pam, saying that she had humiliated herself and him. It was very embarrassing. Pam thought he could have a sense of humor about the movie, and that she, since she was in on the bit, the gag, that it would be fine from the very beginning. And she loved doing the movie. Um, and on the eve of what was supposed to be a very positive thing for her, he made an awful night. 
Um, now, this also is around the same time that Pam had suffered this very public miscarriage with Kid Rock. So things were super raw and like, you know, they were both sort of like out for blood in that way that like a traumatic event can like bring people together, you know, or like tear them apart, you know, you know what I mean? Like a death or some, any sort of really highly dramatic event that like bonds you with someone like he can either make you guys like really strong, especially in a relationship or just fucking make you want to rip each other apart. You know what I mean? Because whoever, you know, either one isn't dealing with it the way that you would like hope for them to be or whatever. You know what I mean? Whoa. Could I say, you know what I mean more? Should that have been my new year's resolution? Jesus Christ. Um, now shortly after kid rock released his own list of reasons that the marriage fell apart, of course, to Howard Stern, because that's where all these men go, right? Like, <laughs> that's where these men feel that they have the floor. Because they do. You go on Howard Stern and you polish off your, like, broken ego and talk about the girl's vagina and how gross it is or whatever, you know? Like, how good she was ahead or whatever. Which, by the way, I love Howard Stern. Like, I've been listening to Howard Stern since I was a wee child. I used to watch Howard Stern on E. Like, I love Howard Stern. But, like, I sometimes I, I feel I need to listen to Howard specifically because, like, I need to hear stories like this. Like, where else am I going to hear Kid Rock's, like, exclusive? You know what I mean? He's going to obviously go on Howard Stern. Um, so Kid Rock's number one reason was money. He claimed that Pam had blown through this outrageous amount of money, um... And that she was having really, really bad financial issues. Um, and he, almost immediately after meeting him, she moved into his $12 million beach house. And, uh, you know, he claimed that she had become, like, pretty financially dependent on him, like, fairly quickly. Like, not much time had passed before she was like, okay, so I need all these things and I've needed them for years. And his second reason was that, you know, Pam, well, basically it was control. Um, he told Howard that a huge point of contention in the relationship was a prenup and that, you know, Pam had apparently not wanted to sign the prenup. It took a really long time to negotiate it with their lawyers and they had gone back and forth because she was trying to figure out a way to not have to sign it. <laughs> Pam wanted that coin. I mean, like, let's just call it what it is. She wanted that, uh, that, yeah, I was going to quote a kid rock song, but I can't even like think of the name of one. She wanted that picture money his billboard single featuring show crow um she didn't want to sign the prenup she pulled a charlotte you know what i mean she like locked his mom in a room and said i'm worth one million uh and you know he apparently had uprooted his family and moved to california from michigan to be with her and like you know for years kid rock has been one of those people that like avoids living in LA and, like, avoids Hollywood. Like, he is kind of like a Sheryl Crow. Like, Sheryl Crow has a house, like, in Nashville, like, in a, like, a fucking forest somewhere that has, like, a church attached to it. Like, no, you know, no LA house, no New York house, just, like, lives in Nashville full-time. Like, that was, like, Kid Rock. He lived in Michigan full-time, and he sort of, like, uprooted and put his kids in a school in LA for her. Like, they really tried to, like, make this work. The third reason was their families. Um, Pam had apparently had a really hard time bonding with Kid Rock's son, 
And I guess, like, it was in their court documents that she wouldn't allow her kids to sleep over at... They basically couldn't sleep in the same room. And she had a fear that her... That Kid Rock's son would, like, hurt her boys. You guys, I hate to cut you off, but at this point, I think you know the drill. You've got to be a Patreon member to hear the remainder of this episode. So... Go to patreon.com slash ebpsychos. At that point, you will uh, be asked to donate. And then when you donate at this level, you'll get this podcast. You'll get the remainder of all the episodes every single week. You'll get Liz Bentley's Feathers in My Hair, which is the Teen Mom podcast. Um, you'll get me and Molly's uh, Brittany and Kevin Chaotic special. You'll get all the stuff that Molly does exclusively through Patreon. It's well worth it. And also, if you're not a member of our Facebook group, go to mollyandthepsychos.com. It'll take you straight to it. And uh, all we do all day and all night is talk about reality TV. It's super fun. So, like I said, patreon.com slash ebpsychos and mollyandthepsychos.com. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.